Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. As Christians, most of us realize that we owe our spiritual life entirely to Jesus Christ. But did you know that we also owe every aspect of our physical existence to Jesus as well? Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 1 that we might get a true understanding of how we owe literally everything in our life to Jesus Christ. Well, good morning, and welcome to another teaching. It's Monday morning here in Texas. Hopefully, y'all are doing well. Had a had a blessed weekend, living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. That's the meaning of life, right? So, we are going to discuss today uh, the Gospel of John, chapter one, just four verses. So, it may be a little shorter today. Uh, verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. They're incredible verses about Jesus, who he is, what he's done, and just, um, you know, our response to him and what it's been and what it needs to be. So we'll go ahead and pray. We'll invite the Lord into our time, and then we will get rolling. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for the scriptures, the living word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are your children. We thank you that you are our Father in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for your love and for your mercy in every aspect of our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures, the living word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which is his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So in verse 10, when it says he was in the world, it's speaking about Jesus. When you, when, again, when we break apart a verse, when we study the Bible, right, we remember that Romans uh, 15.4 says that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us and instruct us, not just to simply just read through it and have it be a nice story about what happened, right? So we want to see what's here to teach us and instruct us. And when you do that with a verse in the Bible, you really want to break it apart. So if you look at verse 10, you'll see that there are three parts to the verse. Verse 10, he was in the world, part one, and though the world was made through him, part two, the world did not recognize him, part three. So when you look at those three parts, you can see this phrase, the world, the world, the world. Okay, in each part of verse 10, he was in the world. Jesus, God the Son, willingly became a human man and entered the world. But look what it said. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, Jesus Christ, God the Son, full-blown almighty God, enters the world that he created. 
Oftentimes, really almost completely, very few of us, even as Christians, really know and understand and live our lives with the understanding that the universe was created by Jesus. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, Jesus Christ created the world we live in. We owe everything to Jesus. You can't say that enough. We owe everything to Jesus, not only in our spiritual lives, not only in the forgiveness of our sins. We owe everything to Jesus in our physical lives. The world was made through him. The air we breathe, the world we live in, the sun we have, the planets, the atmosphere, our bodies, biology, chemistry. We owe everything to Jesus. Think about that. You know, we have, uh, I was studying this with uh, an elder in the ministry, Jesse, this morning. And, um, you know, we have in, uh, you know, in the world today in 2021, and again, regrettably, this is even for many of us as Christians, we try to come up with all kinds of theories, right, to, to make sense of how the world came into existence. We try to come up with all kinds of theories um, in, in biology and in, in chemistry um, and in astronomy. And we, we, we postulate, scholars postulate these incredible theories. And oftentimes we can come to a genuine understanding, you know, in science, in astronomy, in, in all the sciences, right? But the, the biggest issue is, and, and, and this cannot be overstated. The problem is not that we try to understand how things came into being. The problem is we try to do it and we exclude Jesus, the one who did it. Does that make sense? So oftentimes, again, whether it's atheists or agnostics or, or, or scholars or intellectuals, they postulate how the world was created, how humanity came into being. We have all kinds of theories, and they're really all theories, right? Um, but we exclude God, right? Now, John is saying here, not only do we know that certainly God created the universe, as it says in Genesis chapter 1, right? And then it says in the beginning this book, right? My, uh, my brother Stephen, the guy who heads up uh, the production team um, for Kingdom Discipleship, you know, he had pointed out that... Uh, not only does the book of Genesis, the beginning of the Bible starts out with the creation, you know, in Genesis, right? Um, that God created the heavens and the earth. But the book of John starts out with that, um, you know, in the beginning. The book of John starts out in the beginning was the word. And the book of Genesis starts out in, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the importance of that is not only did God do it, it says God the Son, Jesus, did it. Remember, we have a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the third part of the verse, the world did not recognize him. I'll say again, it's a, it's a great thing to study science and just the marvelous aspects of creation and how it happened. The problem is when we study it or we try to study it apart from Jesus who created it all.
apart from God who created it all. We desperately try to find solutions apart from God. And it's, it's a madness. It's an insanity. It is a futility in every way. The Bible is, is not ambiguous on this, right? The Bible is the living word of God. He was in the world, Jesus. And though the world was made through him, the world was made through Jesus. All that these scholars and these intellectuals, and they've been given this incredible intellect by Jesus. They owe their existence to Jesus. Humanity owes everything to Jesus. We certainly owe our redemption to Jesus, right? But we owe every aspect of our life and existence, the air we breathe, the bodies we have, the incredible science that, that these extremely smart people understand, we owe it all to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is clear and unambiguous in our Bibles, right? Recognize today, I'll say again, it's it's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful thing to study science and how the world came to be, the universe came to be, the planets, the sun, the like I said, all that happens in astronomy, all that happens in biology, all that happens in chemistry, all that happens happens in the sciences, right? But but come to Jesus today. Come to believe the word of God. The problem is we don't recognize that Jesus Christ is at the center of all of it. That Jesus Christ is God. Again, we have a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He was in the world. Jesus Christ, God the Son, the second member of the Trinity, enters our world, our planet. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Where do you recognize Jesus today? Obviously, if you're an unbeliever, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to recognize him today as the second member of the triune God that, that came into humanity, that chose to enter a world he created, to enter a humanity he created, entered you. He did this for you and for me and for all humanity because the Bible was clear that we are sinful, that all human beings are sinful, we're selfish, we're self-serving, we're that way because we have a nature, a very nature to sin. Yeah, people call it a human nature, the Bible calls it a sinful nature. We have a nature to want our own way, we have a nature to love preference. Every rational person knows they love preference, their own preference. We like what we like and how we like it, and when we don't get it, we're not happy. Okay, that's the reality of every human being. And we've talked about that consistently. If you're an unbeliever today, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not currently and actively trusting and relying on Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, knowing your desperate need of him as a sinful person, that's where you begin. You begin by understanding that Jesus Christ, who not only created the world, but created you, came into the world to live a perfect life for you, to die a perfect death for you, and that he is alive and risen, was raised from the dead, 
and that if you'll call on him, Romans 10, 13 proclaims, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You'll be saved from your sin. You'll be forgiven of all your sin, past, present, and future sin. All of your, that sin will be credited to Christ at the cross. The debt for that will be paid by the punishment, the torture that Jesus went through as a sinless man. Right, Jason? Um, all of that sin will be credited to Christ at the cross. And the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived will be credited to you. That exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. Okay? If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, it says the world did not recognize him. If you're in the world and you don't recognize Jesus today, the first place you want to recognize him is as your savior. Okay? And you want to receive him as your savior. But it's more than that. As Christians today, for those of us who have received Jesus as our savior, we don't spend a whole lot of time in our lives recognizing Jesus. What, would the, what does it mean to recognize Jesus? As believers in Jesus Christ, those who have recognized him as savior, oftentimes we don't recognize him for all that he truly is and all that he's truly done. Based on this verse, we need to recognize that we owe not only everything in our spiritual life to Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, the going to heaven, um, the becoming spiritually alive, uh, becoming children of God. We owe not only all that to Jesus, we owe everything in our physical existence to Jesus. Right, Jason? He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. Even as Christians, you know, the world, the world, the world, being in the world, we don't consistently recognize that we owe everything in our physical existence to Jesus, as well as everything in our spiritual existence to Jesus. And so whether it be our bodies, our physical life, just our understanding, our ability to reason, our minds, we owe every single thing in our lives to the triune God. And the author of this gospel, John, says we, you know, the entire world was made through him and yet the world didn't recognize him. Begin today in repentance today. And uh, Jesse and I were doing this this morning, but we want to repent for not recognizing Jesus. We, we you know, we, uh, Jesse looked up the definition of, of recognize and it had four definitions, right? The first was to identify um, and, you know, that's certainly as believers, we identify Jesus as our savior, but, but recognize also means to uh, so much more than that, right? It means to acknowledge Jesus, to recognize him in everything. Jesse was talking about going to, to get a cup of coffee this morning and just recognizing in Thanksgiving that without Jesus, he, he wouldn't be able to do this. He wouldn't be able to, to enjoy this cup of coffee. And there were seasons in his life when he was when him and I went to to the the the, the deep into Africa and to Mozambique where we, we weren't able to, to enjoy that coffee and where you know where, where we ought to have recognition of Jesus in so many areas of our lives, right? We want to recognize Jesus and be thankful to Jesus. If you're going through a difficulty today, recognize that he's the only solution. As a Christian today, 
even those who know Jesus and, and thus who are Christians, do you recognize him as the solution to every aspect of your life, right? You want to recognize and acknowledge Jesus throughout our days because the world, those who don't believe in Jesus, don't recognize him as anything, but often we come to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, and regrettably as Christians, it often ends there. You want to recognize Jesus. You want to acknowledge Jesus, right? You want to, when we recognize someone, that can also mean that we praise them, right? We acknowledge all that they've done on our behalf, and that's something we want to do. But not only acknowledge what he's done in his life, death, and resurrection for us spiritually, acknowledge that we owe every aspect of our physical existence and our physical life to Jesus as well. It's a very profound verse, right, May? He was in the world. Jesus was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Look at verse 11. He came to that which was his own. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Those are strong words, right, Junior? His own. Jesus owns everything. He came to that which was his own. Jesus also created humanity. In Psalm 24, verse 1, it says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That's not an ambiguous statement, is it? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse 11, John chapter 1, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. It's a profound thing that God the Son, the Son of God, creates the world, creates the universe, creates the planet Earth, along with all the other planets, but then creates humanity in the planet Earth. Humanity goes bad, wants its own way. Every human being is sinful. Then in the most incredible, profound act of love, chooses of his own will to enter into the world he created, live a perfect life for humanity he created, die a perfect death for that humanity, then is raised from the dead, and all he requires is that you believe in him, trust in him, put your full faith and confidence in him for what he's done on your behalf and my behalf, and you'll be saved from your sin and I'll be saved from mine. But yet we, we didn't recognize him. How is that possible? How have we gotten to this place? He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't recognize him. He came into a world and died for the very humanity that he created because humanity of their own will and decision went sinful. Every human being, every one of us has gone terribly sinful. And he does this incredible thing to die for the humanity he himself created and yet we didn't recognize it. And we still don't. Uh, we'll say again, it begins with recognizing him as your need, as, as your savior, and that you desperately need him, that you have no hope without Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. And as a Christian, we want to begin to, to receive him in, in not only as our savior, but in everything. Lord Jesus, I do ask you to help us. I ask you to forgive us, Lord, where where we don't recognize you and where we don't receive you. 
And Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead us and guide us and to give us eyes that see you and ears that hear you. And I ask you to show us where and when and how we can better recognize Jesus and receive Jesus into every aspect of our lives, even as those who are Christians today, Lord. Help us to receive you, Jesus, in every manner and in every way, not just for salvation, but in every aspect of our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. That's good, right, Rap? Golly. Help us, Lord Jesus. Verse 12. Yet to all who received him, right? So verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He owns everything, but yet somehow he's given us this will where we can reject him. Verse 12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You can see this is a three-part verse as well, right? Verse 10 was a three-part verse. You could break it up into three parts, right, Becky? Verse 11 is a two-part verse. And verse 12 is a three-part verse. Yet to all who received him. We've already talked about that. Have you received Jesus? We've done a, um, we did a topical teaching a few weeks back, um, and it's titled, Who is a Christian and How Do I Become a Christian? If you're not sure that you are, I've mentioned it in this video, but you can go watch that video, and it, and it, and it details explicitly based on the scriptures, what is a Christian and how you can become a Christian. Yet to all who received him, okay, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? Are you actively trusting in him? to those who believed in his name, okay? Do you believe that the name of Jesus is your only hope? Your only hope. Do you believe that you are utterly hopeless as the Bible plainly teaches? In John 14, 6, Jesus out of his own words says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In chapter 14, verse 6 of this verse, you'll see the scripture on the bottom, Jesus makes it clear that it's only in him and through him that you can come into relationship with the Father, and as the last part of verse 12 says, become his children. Okay? Only in Jesus, yet to all who received him. Today, anyone who will genuinely receive Jesus Christ, knowing their desperate need of him, knowing that they're sinful, if you realize that today, if you believe and acknowledge your absolute hopelessness as a sinful person and your desperate need of a savior, and you, and you proclaim your belief in the Bible that says that Jesus Christ is the only solution to that sin, the only way to have your sins forgiven, the only way to come into relationship with the triune God, the only way to have God become your father. And then if you'll call on him, as Romans 10, 13 says, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That out of that heart, out of that faith, you'll call on Jesus and ask him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life and to save you from your sin. You will be saved. It's not the words that save you, right? The words are what we use to communicate with him. It's Christ that saves you. That's what it means when it says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name. To believe means to actively trust in Jesus, to rely on him, knowing your need of him. To believe in Jesus doesn't mean just to simply to intellectually acknowledge or give assent to his existence, okay? That's not what we believe when we say, I believe in you, right? 
If I said, Scott, I believe in you today. I'm not saying I believe you exist. Of course you exist. I'm saying I believe you can do it, right? To believe in Jesus means to have your full faith and confidence in Jesus and trust in Jesus. Is that how you're, you're believing in Jesus today? Are you trusting in him and relying on him for the salvation of your soul, the forgiveness of your sins? Yet to all who, who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, for, for most of us as Christians, most of us in the body of Christ, this phrase, children of God, has become commonplace, regrettably. And Father, I ask you to forgive me. It's become commonplace in my life. This is the most incredible thing, like ever, ever, right, Lord, that we've become children of God in Jesus Christ. Most of us who, again, have been raised in the church, right, Chloe, it's just, it's been common to us, right, Benny? It's just common to us. That to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you're in Jesus Christ today, God the Father is your heavenly Father. Is that not the most incredible thing to be a son or daughter of the, of the living God? What does that mean? That means I'm like a, a king or a prince. We're royalty in Jesus Christ. You remember? Golly. We are children of our heavenly father. And in the next verse, we're going to talk about how we become children. We become spiritual children. Right? Verse 13. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Think about that. What does that mean? Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. How much did you and I have to do with our natural birth, Stephen? How much control did you have? How much input did you have in your natural birth? None, right? I didn't choose my natural birth. I didn't choose my parents, right? I didn't choose where I would be born, the time I would be born, if I'd be born, how I'd be born, nothing. You had absolutely no choice in your physical birth, in your physical existence. It came completely by the grace and mercy of your heavenly father. You had nothing to do with it. Just as you had nothing to do, oh yeah, with your natural existence, with your physical existence, just as, just as you had no choice of where or how to be born into this world personally, you had no input in it at all. In the same way, you cannot make yourself spiritually alive. Just like you had no control over your physical and natural existence, you too have no control over making yourself spiritually alive. Your natural existence came completely by the grace and mercy of God Almighty through your parents. And even when your parents came together and you were conceived, they couldn't choose the kind of child they wanted to have. They didn't say, I want to have a boy. I want to have a girl. I want to do nothing. Right. All that came by the mercy of God. 
children born not of natural descent. John is talking about spiritual children here. I'll say again, just as you had no control over your physical birth, you have no control over your spiritual birth. The Bible says that God is spirit, and therefore as his children, we need to be spiritually alive as well as naturally alive. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you call on Jesus and ask him to come into your heart, the spirit of Jesus, Nathan, the Holy Spirit, comes and actually lives inside of you. The spirit of Jesus, Kristen, right, joins himself to your spirit and and an an incredible explosion of life happens. Again, when you call out to Jesus, when you trust in him as your Lord and Savior, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, Glenda, comes and joins himself to your spirit. And in that moment, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, grants your spirit life and becoming one with the spirit of Jesus, right? And now you're one with Jesus. You're spiritually alive. You are born again, not naturally, but spiritually. And just as the triune God gave you your natural physical existence, the triune God blesses you with your spiritual existence through your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's incredible. I mean, you you, you can't even conceive it. Children born not of natural descent, okay? You've already been born by natural descent. We've already talked about how we owe everything to Jesus, right? We owe the world we live in to Jesus. We owe our natural physical existence to Jesus, right? You remember when King David said, to God that you you knit me together in my mother's womb. Just as the Lord created you in your mother's womb physically, and you owe your physical existence to him, you owe your spiritual existence to him as well, right? We can't make ourselves spiritually alive. Just like we had to trust Jesus for our physical existence, we have to trust him for our spiritual life as well. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will. You can't will yourself to be spiritually alive. It's only Christ that can give us spiritual life. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It's incredible. It's just, uh, it's incredible. Father, we do love you and we bless you and we thank you that in Jesus Christ, Lord, we have not only physical life, but we have spiritual life. Father, I pray that you would draw all human beings unto Jesus this day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw all human beings unto you. And I pray that not only so that they would be saved, but I guess I pray that selfishly so that you would come, Lord Jesus. Lord, the cry of our hearts is that you would come. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask you to come back and establish your rule here on earth. Lord, we know you're the Lord of heaven and earth, but we pray that you would touch down, that you would come and enter into our world again the second time. Lord, we know you came as a suffering servant the first time to die on our behalf, to be punished on our behalf. And Lord, we know you've been raised from the dead and ascended back to heaven. But we know when you come again, it won't be anymore as a suffering servant. 
but our almighty God as a conquering king. We do pray, Lord, that you would come. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Did you know that the Bible ends? You turn to the end of your Bible, the book of Revelation, right? If you turn, you'll see the, the second to the last verse, right? You'll see all the scriptures end. The second to the last verse. The Apostle John says this in verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. That's Jesus who says, yes, I am coming soon. And then John says this, amen, come Lord Jesus. Verse 21, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you and we bless you. I ask you to help us, Holy Spirit, to, to consistently and more consistently recognize Jesus in every manner and every way, to recognize him in thanksgiving, to recognize him and in inviting him into every aspect of our lives, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, right, Melanie? Father, help us to recognize Jesus in our difficulties, to recognize him in our successes. Help us to recognize him not only in our spiritual existence, but in our physical. And Lord, we ask you to help us to receive you, not only as our Savior, but in every aspect of our lives. Lord, we thank you that we are your children. Father, we ask you to help us to grow in our identity as sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. And Father, we know that we owe every aspect of our lives to you. We thank you for our spiritual life. We thank you for our physical life. We thank you for the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.